This is Wake Up and Lead, a daily podcast where ambitious young professionals learn to lead themselves. I'm your host, Hampton Dorch, and my guest today is the first returning guest that I've had. I think by the time this comes out, I may have one other one, but the distance between when he came on and when he's on now is so small that that speaks volumes about who I think he is and what I want you to learn from him today. So Michael Smoke, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, Hampton. And thank you for having me back. That is definitely an undeserving intro, but I nonetheless very much appreciate it. I'm stoked to be here. I'm honored to be a repeat guest. Um, and I'm just really excited for the conversation we're going to have. I think we're going to cast a wide net. I think we're going to share a lot of value. And if one person gets something valuable out of this conversation, I'll consider it worth it. So I'm excited to get rolling. Boom. Let's do it. Well, you all know, listeners, I'm, I'm doing something a little bit new where I'm talking about faith, family, fitness, fellowship, and future. And with my guest, I'm going to have them pick say two to three that they are either really passionate about or really knowledgeable on. And um, Michael, I, how about you tell us, wh which which two are you thinking we talk about today? I'm thinking the two that make the most sense or that, that resonate with me the most is fitness and future. I've developed a passion for both of those and shaping and honing my future and taking ownership and control of it and trying to teach others how to do the same. But obviously, the forefront of my content, as you know, your listeners may not know, is about improving your life through a foundation of physical health. So I think fitness and future is a fantastic two-part component for this conversation. Maybe a little bit of faith as well, because that's something that I've been honing in on in the new year and have noticed a lot of interesting parallels in my life and things drawing me closer to God and church. And it's been a really interesting progression and journey the last couple of months. And so if it comes up in the conversation, so be it. I'd love to talk about it. But fitness and future, I think, is what the people want to hear me yap about for the next 30 minutes. Ah, man, that's awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm encouraged to hear uh, the faith standpoint. I, I've shared many times on here. It's, you know, in my life, anytime I've, I've tried to go all in in one of these other areas without God, even if I get mm. what I wanted, it's never enough. Um, I think a lot of us have a hole in our heart that's the shape of really the shape of Jesus. And we try to fill it with other stuff. And then um, it doesn't make us happy, you know, and so we're always on to the next thing. And so that that's kind of a lot of what I'm learning, which is why I have that as like a foundational piece of this. And so if we get into it, we can get into it. But encouraged to hear that from you. Um, okay. One of the things I like about Michael, everyone, is that, um, yes, we will put him in the bucket of fitness influencers influencer. She is definitely one of those. Um, he's smiling because, you know, there's <laughs> things that are very different about you. And, you know, you, what, what I say to Michael is like, you're just a normal guy. And that's a compliment. Like he's, Michael is jacked. He knows everything about fitness, but there's a lot of those people out there and, and listener, you know who I'm talking about that. It's just like, really? Like, is, is that really how you live? Is that really how you are? And, and you see the person and you're thinking, I feel like fitness is just their whole life. That's all. That's just who they are. I guess for you, Michael, I, I may tee you up to, to, to share just a little bit about yourself. I feel like I've heard you say before, look, you don't have to spend six days a week in the gym, two hours at a time. You're not as far away as you think from living your healthiest life. Well, I mean, what, what do you have to say about that? I think that everyone is, if I could boil it down to one single aphemism or phrase, I truly believe and feel that everyone is four or five key decisions a day, every day, away from feeling 180 degrees different and looking 180 degrees different. Now, those decisions compound on each other over the course of 30, 60, 90, 180 days, but there are things we can do that you'll see a difference in your, your mentality and your sense of well-being in 24, 36 hours. The body transformation side of it is, of course, 
a longer play. We know that because we also know that's why a lot of people quit because they don't see the results they want four weeks in when they're trying to undo four years of damage. Mm. And I think that if people can understand that they're seriously four or five key decisions away from feeling different, and I mean that in a couple of nutritional decisions, movement decisions, internal dialogue decisions, and overall physical activity like the gym outside of your regular movement decisions, there are just these small things we can do that make a huge impact. And I think truly that most people know if they think critically what they need to do, because it is the basics, they just get confused and the water gets muddied because of some of these fitness influencers out here that I hate to lump myself with sometimes. They make it difficult because it always leads back to a supplement, a pill, a powder, a certain way of eating. And they want you to believe it's this extreme side of the spectrum. Of, of being fit, that you have to make these insane sacrifices. And in reality, the thing to look for in a trustworthy source of fitness information is someone that, that falls somewhere in between. You know, it's not keto. It's not 20,000 steps a day. It's not running marathons to get fit. It's not four hours a day in the gym. It's, it's maybe somewhere in between your old life and your new one. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I, a lot of times, whatever you're being taught is followed up by the the pill, the powder, the the supplement. And I think you really are four to five key decisions away. And like you said, the the body transformation, that is a bit of a longer play. But if you can get those decisions set and make them a part of your life and cringing at myself saying this, but then trust the process, like you're on your way. So what are some of those four to five key decisions that people can start making today? Great question. I think the thing you can do, maybe we'll break it down into what can you do to see immediate results in the short term, what do results look like, how to identify results, and then what can you do to see results in the long term. One of the easiest things, well, simplest things, not easy, is to rearrange your morning and prioritize your morning, even if only 15 to 20 minutes, for your physical health. I don't care if you have kids, I don't care if you have a job, you can roll out of bed 20 minutes earlier to make time for you. Fitness is the ultimate sign of self-respect, but you have to make time for that self-respect. My morning routine, we've talked about at Hampton, water, light, movement. That is that is it. And bonus points if you want to add cold, cold water, cold shower, because it feels nice. You feel lit up when you get out. It hurts while you're doing it. But I can't tell you how many, well, all of my coaching clients or the people that have commented on the morning routine video that was fortunate enough to go viral on TikTok have told me I'm three days into water, light, and movement, and I feel completely different the whole day. What does that look like? Wake up. If you wake up before sunrise, that's fine. Do the movement and the water. I wake up before I do anything with caffeine or food. It's 20 ounces of water with a healthy pinch of salt. Why salt? Salt's an electrolyte. Our brain and muscles work on electrical charges, and electrolytes help to better conduct those charges. So if we want our brain to work the way that it's supposed to, we need sodium, potassium, magnesium. Those are the things that help our brain and muscle tissue work the way that they're supposed to and communicate with one another. So you don't just need water to hydrate. Where sodium goes, water flows. So hydrate with water and electrolytes. Next thing, 15 to 20 minutes of light activity. Or if you want to be a morning gym person, go for it. But starting your day with physical activity is going to carry the, what I call, locomotion of good choices. You're going to make better dietary decisions. You're going to move more if you start the day with movement. There's also some interesting research on the neurological side of morning movement and how it can sort of quiet the brain and send it into a relaxed, focused state so that you can start your day. If you have deep work, you can get into that deep work and really hone in on what you need to do. So when the sun then rises, if you're up before the sun, like I am some days, 
just step outside and get 10 minutes of morning sunlight on your eyes. That's going to naturally raise your cortisol levels. That's a good thing. We want cortisol high in the morning. It's going to set your circadian rhythm up to release melatonin 12 to 14 hours later so you sleep better at night. Your overall energy from just a 15-minute walk, 20 ounces of water, and 5 to 10 minutes of morning sunlight is going to be 180 degrees different. And when you boil it down, that doesn't sound to me like selling your soul to the gym or hating your morning. It just sounds like 20 to 25 minutes of your time to prioritize you for, in my opinion, a massive payoff. Yeah. And and you mentioned, you didn't mention going to the gym. I mean, you said if, if you want to be a morning gym person, you can be, and you didn't mention having a, a certain diet or eating a certain way. And so what's next? I mean, so well, I guess, why is that so crucial? If you do that, like what what are you thinking that leads to if you get that stuff locked in? Yeah, I think it comes down heavily to the mentality and the confidence side of things. I think that a lot of reasons that people give up or don't have confidence or belief in themselves is because they break promises to themselves. They make these agreements, these resolutions, and then they don't follow through. And whether they realize it or not, that is a micro loss in your conscience. That is a tally against your confidence. You know, James Clear in Atomic Habits, that book behind you says, every action you take is casting a vote for the person you will become. Mm. So we should cast the right votes. And there's an interesting thing, a phenomenon that happens, a dopamine release, really, when we keep the promises to ourselves that we said we were going to keep, when we set goals and we strive towards them, that releases dopamine. That's the neurotransmitter of pursuit and motivation. And that creates a positive feedback loop. So if you say, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m., I'm going to drink my water, I'm going to go for my walk, I'm going to sit with my thoughts and be present for five minutes, and you do those things, dopamine hit. And that creates the positive feedback loop. And from there, I call what I called earlier the locomotion of good choices. Making good choices and getting fit is a lot about momentum. And if you can start your day on the right foot with those simple, low barrier to entry choices, you're more likely to make the next choice, which is, what do I have for lunch? Hopefully something high protein with a green veggie or something simple, right? A, a lean protein source the size of your hand and a vegetable or uh, a clean starch. And maybe you get up and you walk for half of your lunch break. And then maybe in the afternoon, you've eaten well and you've walked throughout the day. So you have all this energy. And now it's 430, you're getting off work and you have the energy to go hit the gym. Before you know it, you're at 10,000 steps. You've gone to the gym. You don't want to ruin your progress because now you've walked, you've had a high protein lunch, you've been to the gym, and now you want to have a solid nutrient dense dinner. So this is how the locomotion of good choices builds on one another. And that inertia carries us into day by day, week by week, month by month. And before we know it, we've stacked these wins for days and weeks and months. And in doing that, we've built our confidence through those four or five key choices that all start with the morning. You know, there's a reason the cliche, win the morning, win the day is a cliche. It's because it works. Yeah, it's good, man. Is this where you spend a lot of your time, like with your clients, where you start a lot of the times by making sure they get their morning right? Yes. I, uh, in, in the application that we use for the coaching platform where I communicate with them and I assign all their habits and their training and their programming, they all have a habit that just says AM routine. Now, I explained that morning routine in their onboarding video, but maybe it includes the gym. Maybe it includes time with family. It's just, it's deliberate time and it's a set routine and regimen with physical activity, hydration, sometime outdoors or sometime moving your body in that morning sunlight. As long as they do that and they can check it off, 
that's a win. And like I said, within two days, all of them have said, I feel amazing. So that is that is one of those things you can do that may not yield the immediate immediate physical results of building muscle and burning body fat. But in terms of how your brain functions and how you operate just at a higher frequency, the turnaround for that morning routine is so quick and it's so simple. Mm -hmm. I feel like what you're doing a really good job on is focusing on making some of this stuff sustainable for your life and making it a part of your lifestyle. Because I bet, tell me if I'm wrong, you probably have clients that show up and go, wait, but aren't I supposed to eat in a calorie deficit to lose weight? And aren't I supposed to uh, go to the gym and, and do chest and tries and back and buys? Like, do you have people that come in that have a decent bit of knowledge, but clearly they're the way that they feel, the way they look is showing they're not living that out. And is a lot of what you're trying to do, like break some of that down to get them to have a better foundation? Oh man. Short answer. Yes. I, they're, <laughs> the knowledge is their greatest undoing sometimes because yeah. what they've heard, but not are practicing creates resistance in the beginning because they're used to hearing track everything you put in your mouth and go to the gym six days a week and do 45 minutes of cardio on the treadmill. It has to be on the treadmill or on the Stairmaster. Do HIIT workouts. So when I say we're going to walk, you're not going to track your calories. You're going to keep track of your protein intake using your hand and you're going to eat whole foods off of my master food list for as much of the food that you consume as possible as close to 100%. Oh, and you're only going to be in the gym three days a week, three hours a week. That's all. And we're going to walk. No set cardio on a machine. Almost immediately, 80% of the time I've met with resistance. And it's where I have to step in as the consultant or the coach and say, why did you hire me? Remember that. I have to remind them of what they weren't able to do. And I say, just trust me. Stick with this for four weeks. Four weeks in the grand scheme of your life isn't going to be any harm. This is a marathon, not a sprint. If you don't like it, we'll re-strategize. And everybody within the first four weeks is down five to 12 pounds. All their lifts are up in the gym. They feel better. And they, they, they wonder why they fought back. It's like, it's, it's, it's a shame because I believe fitness is gatekept or barriered by some of these fitness influencers. They want you to believe it's difficult. They want you to believe that what they've achieved is so unattainable and out of your reach that you have to hire them, that you have to buy their supplements, that you have to use their code. When in reality, it's just a series of choices that we all know we should be doing anyway. And the success of that extraordinary physique you, you see online is simply a result of doing the obvious thing for an extraordinary period of time. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of us know what we need to do deep yeah. down. So if a lot of us know that, what, what's the benefit? Uh, kind of, I mean, I think I know, but, but sell yourself. You know, why, why are people who, in, in theory, kind of know what to do? Why are they coming to you and actually finding results? Why do people need somebody like you in their life? That's a really great question. I start every coaching conversation with, you know, all of the answers are on my page in my content for free. And they always <laughs> yeah. will be. I'll never stop giving it all away for free. But some people believe in the principle, which I do. I mean, I have a coach myself is I believe in the principle of buying back your time. Time is one of the most important assets, if not the most important asset that we have in this life. It's the one thing we can't make more of. And I think a lot of people what I've heard in the trend of conversations that I've had, and at this point, it's probably been almost a thousand conversations with people that are potential clients or current clients, is there's just so much information out there. Mm -hmm. And there is more than one way to skin a cat. You know, there's more than one way to get fit. There's more than one way to eat and move and train that will yield results. But the best program, the best protocol is the one that you're going to do. 
for a mm-hmm. long time. So I think the main reason people come to me is to buy back their time, to not have to sift through information and go through the trial and error. They want something they know works. They want it explained to them like they're a human being, and they don't want to feel like they have to sacrifice some other facet of their life to get this thing. And that's another thing I really want to drive home with the listeners is getting abs or getting the, whatever your goal is. If it's vain, if you want to be more ripped, if you want to feel better, if you want to feel better about yourself, you don't have to compromise on any facet of your life. I enjoy the heck out of my life. And I, that's another thing that I hear all the time is when I ask people how committed they are to doing this, they'll say an eight because I have kids and I have a wife and I want to go out on the weekends. And I say, well, then you should be at a 10 because you don't have to give any of that up. You just have to raise your awareness around the choices you're making to get more out of your decisions. Yeah, you're exactly right. Guys, Michael um, Michael has had a few tequila soda limes and he is just fine. I just a couple. That. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you're a Miller Latte guy, aren't you? Yes, big time, big time. <laughs> you can absolutely drink alcohol and still look great. Trust me on that. But the awareness, like you said, I mean, you don't have to just completely like live like a monk and, and never go out and never eat the foods that, that you enjoy. It's just, it's just that awareness. And you talk a lot about like the 80-20 rule as well, which I feel like, yeah. Why don't you tell us about that real quick? Yeah. 80-20 rule. That's, um, that is a great, a great philosophy to live by. And to your point, uh, hammering down on the awareness, the first time people hear that, it seems to click with them if they hear it at the right time is that getting fit isn't about sacrificing your life. It's about raising your awareness around your choices swaps at the grocery store, you know, things, protein dense alternatives to your favorite foods. It's just about being more aware of, oh, if I have five beers, that's 500 calories. So I need to take that into account. It's all about just being aware of the choices you make and then making the right ones or altering them slightly in a way that progresses you forward. Progress that's this big, progress that's an inch is still progress, even if it's not a mile that day. You just have to find as many ways as you can to win and move forward. But the 80-20 rule Simply put is, I'm on it 80% of the time I'm dialed, 20% of the time I'm less dialed. I have a spectrum. You know, when if I'm training for an ultra marathon like I was in 2023, I'm more dialed. I'm going out less, I'm drinking less, I'm eating in more, I'm training more, I'm more dialed. But right now in the new year, which is ironic because it's the new year, <laughs> I'm enjoying life. I'm bulking, I'm running less, I'm eating more food, I'm going out more, I'm still training. But I look at training as more dialed into it and less dialed into it because you only have so much mental energy in a day. And what I tell people is make the right choice or be dialed into your diet 80% of the time and 20% of the time, enjoy yourself. And if you extrapolate that into a year, we're looking at, what is that, 70 days? 20% of the year is something around 70 days that you can be off track and maybe do something that doesn't set you forward, but you're still on track the other you know, 290 and that's going to yield progress. Now, the less days you're off track, the more progress you'll make in a given year. But 80% progress is still a huge step forward from where most people are at now. Mm. Yeah. We can talk about this stuff all day. And guys, I'm trying to keep these episodes at 30 minutes. My recommendation would be one, just follow Michael on TikTok. He's got hundreds of thousands of people following, follow him on Instagram. And all that stuff out there is free. Like if, if you want to learn it and never talk to him, it's all out there. But I would also encourage you to, to reach out to him as well because. I know it can definitely help you. I do want to make sure we have enough time to talk about future. And I feel like maybe a way that we could do this is maybe a, a, a two-part thing. As we transition from fitness into future, maybe share how fitness can and will affect your future. 
uh, and then share just a little bit of your personal story around having, you know, kind of a dream job, but really thinking ahead with your future and kind of what you've done that we can get into a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question, man. I think fitness <clears throat> comes down to our habits and our systems and habits and systems in one facet of your life. You know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Habits and systems in one facet of your life will inextricably carry over. It's how our brain works. We're wired for reward pathways and we want to do things that give us positive feedback loops and dopamine. Whether that dopamine is earned by scrolling on your phone or getting in an ice bath and going to the gym and spending time with loved ones. It's all comes, it all comes down to dopamine, serotonin, the things that make us feel good. That's what we're seeking and chasing every day. And you can get that through fitness. But what I've found in my corporate career specifically Having a foundation of fitness and that respect of yourself and as a form of hygiene, looking at fitness as a form of hygiene rather than something you have to do, something you get to do to have solid hygiene, bleeds into your performance in your job. I found when I showed up for myself every day in terms of feeding my body what it wanted, moving regularly, sleeping enough, I simply operated at a higher frequency than the days that I slept five hours, I sat on my butt, and maybe I ate out for lunch with the coworkers and and had a beer or had something I wasn't supposed to have. I mean, you you literally operate at a higher frequency. So, if you're serious about your career in my opinion, if you're serious about your career and you're not at least on the journey to getting physically fit, then you're not serious about your career. That's just how I mm -hmm. feel because if you put two people in a room and all of their skill sets are more or less equal but one is religious about taking care of their body and their mind, that person is going to outperform the other person because that other person is going to be tired, sluggish. They're going to have energy dips throughout the day. They may be getting poor sleep, which may, maybe prevents them from thinking on their feet in that big meeting or during that big presentation. So for me, the morning cold plunge, the morning sunlight, the morning walks, the training allowed me to sit in front of a, a potential client or a manager and know that I was dialed. I was sharp. I was on my feet and there was not a question they could ask me that I didn't know the answer to, or there wasn't an objection that I couldn't overcome when I thought if I had to think on my feet. So if you want to move forward and progress in your career, absolutely take care of yourself physically because that self-respect and that action and that discipline is going to carry into confidence. And that confidence in yourself is going to make you take risks in your career. It's going to make you more enabled to have hard conversations like maybe a salary negotiation. It's going to make you less afraid to ask for the sale and earn that business if you are in sales like I was and Hampton is. It is, it's everything. And I think the last thing I'll say about that is whether you like it or not, human beings make snap judgments. And if you walk into a room with you know your arms filling out a shirt or you're physically visibly fit, people notice that. And, and in a, a corporate world dominated by older, more overweight individuals, a young, good-looking, fit, healthy person, they always say something or they'll always perceive you positively. And you know, there's research that shows that fit people on average earn more. And is that fair? No, but it's the reality of the situation and it's part of the game. So why not play it? Yeah. And, and I will add, because I would say the majority of us listening are ambitious young professionals. By young professional, I'm not going to put an age there, but let's assume that you have 20 to 30 more years of working and this will transition nicely into future as we're talking about the people that are older and not in good shape right now they probably were not thinking about fitness when they're younger and if you can master that right now then you'll be set up for the future because i think when we're younger and our metabolisms are you know not horrible and everything like that you can kind of get by by not caring about this stuff but the longer you avoid it the more you're going to pay for it in the end 
Yeah, dude, spot on. And when you can't, you can't get away with the same sedentary lifestyle and eating habits at 23 that you can at 33. You know, that's when you might be, maybe you're trying to go to the office every day and you're pre-diabetic and your blood sugar's all over the place because you've been eating like crap for 12 years. And now you've got an ultimatum. You've got a doctor in a white coat telling you to clean your lifestyle up or it's going to change forever. And you're going to have a very difficult time changing those habits at 33 as compared to 23. And it's never mm -hmm. too late to start. I want to make that clear. But the earlier you can start and get an edge and an advantage, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about your story and what you've done over the last year or so. And maybe that'll be inspiring for, for somebody else as they're, you know, they've got the job they thought they wanted, but they're kind of like, oh gosh, is this, is this it? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Thanks for asking, man. It's, it's been a heck of a year. 2023 was wild. I, I think from, you know, from a corporate uh, hierarchy standpoint, and how I was able to move up in the nine to five in two years, I was able to increase my earning potential by 45% between salary and commission. So when I, when I started in corporate America, I was fortunate. I was active in my sales program in college and was able to be uh, a bit of a standout candidate for jobs and the market was good at the time. And I landed a fantastic high paying job for someone my age, but through performance, through high performance, I was able to be confident in myself and have hard conversations, negotiate my earnings and my salary. And then by the time I, when I got there, I was at a $65,000 salary. And by the time I left, I was at a $90,000 salary and I left for a hundred thousand dollar salary. And all of those jobs had a commission component as well. And I believe honest, honestly, I believe most people don't get what they're deserving of or what they're worth because they're afraid to ask. And that comes back to confidence. Companies always have more in the budget than they're willing to pay you. But when you have confidence and belief in yourself, which I, honest to God, built through doing hard things, through building my body, through showing myself I could stick to something long term, through doing marathons and ultra marathons, I stacked proof and belief that I was who I said I was. And in that came an inexplicable confidence where I could sit in front of a guy 10 years older than me and say, here's what I've done for the company in the last year. I'd like to be compensated in this form and fashion. And they said, yes. Now, is that going to happen that way to everyone every time? No. But you never know what you're worth and what you're able to earn unless you ask for it and you prove it through high performance. So I was able to do that and get an amazing job out of college, stay there for three years at a great company, and then move into the private equity world where I was consulting on technology services. Um, with private equity firms, they would do mergers and acquisitions, and we would come in and help them streamline and put them in a central pane of glass, all their technology and security vendors, big projects hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions sometimes. And it was a it was a crazy job and it was really fast paced and cutthroat. And then I was fortunate enough that the social media page took off shortly after you and I had the first podcast conversation and I took a massive risk. 15 days into my new consulting job, I called my boss and I said, I quit. Uh, I'm going to make videos on the internet. <laughs> yeah. As you can probably imagine, that was an interesting conversation. What's that? No, I'm just, I'm laughing and loving it. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was scary as hell, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And at the end of the day, looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. I knew the whole time I was going to quit. I knew it felt right. I was just scared. But I'm saying this for one reason. To anyone out there, whatever situation you may find yourself in, maybe it is quitting your job to pursue your dream. Maybe it is quitting your current job to go to a new one. Maybe it's asking for a raise because you know you deserve it. Taking that risk was the best decision I've ever made. I'm living my dream life. I'm making enough, more than enough to support myself. I've been incredibly blessed financially in taking this risk to earn a great living and do what I love. But that all came back 
to the confidence and belief I built in myself through my foundation of physical health. And that may sound rudimentary or oversimplified to some of you, but to those people who say, no way, this guy didn't quit his job because he ran a marathon, try it. Spend the eight years building your body and tell me you don't see the world differently once you've done that. And that's the key right there. I was going to ask you if you didn't say it. You you ended with spend the eight years building your body. So somebody might look at you and say, oh, this guy just is pretty good at talking to people and says stuff about fitness and just happened to go viral. It's like, no, you've you've given a lot of your life to this and and now it's paying off because you took that risk. And I think a lot of times uh, for us, we we never start the thing. And so I think for the listener, it's like, what is it that thing that you really enjoy? Maybe it's fitness. Maybe it's something with music. Maybe it's a talent or hobby or business that you have. You can start doing that and keep doing your job and it might take years, but then when the opportunity comes up, it's going to be scary, but, but maybe it's time to take the jump. I hope Michael's story was, was inspiring for y'all listening to it. That's spot on, man. I, I think you're exactly right. You know, you're, you're exemplary of how to do things you love and still be successful in your corporate job right now. I mean, you're, you're able to run a podcast on a social media account and interview all these fantastic people, but you still excel on um, on a LinkedIn platform, which I find amazing, your LinkedIn content's incredible, but you have aligned it so well with your current career that you're able to be a dad, be a husband, be an employee, and be an entrepreneur all in one day, every single day. And it's a matter of, like we were talking about before the episode started, people say they don't have time for certain things. They don't have time for the gym. They don't have time to eat right and take care of the kids. Well, when you give a human being no choice, they tend to figure it out. And yeah. you're, you're exemplary of, I'm just going to figure it out. And I think it's, it's really cool to see, man. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. And just for accountability, given this podcast, it's like, I talk about faith, family, fellowship, a lot of that. At, I'm not just killing it in all of these areas. I got to hold myself accountable and make sure I'm being the husband and father I need to be, make sure I'm grounded and spending time with God. Otherwise I make my whole life about me. So it's like, I, you know, I, I appreciate the compliment and I feel good about some of the things going on in my life, but it's also like, I got to check myself every once in a while too, which is the big reason of why I'm doing this, you know, to talk about this stuff to make sure I'm actually living it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we got to, we got to get ourselves back to center and get humbled. It's another great thing about physical fitness. And if, if you can teach yourself to stick to something for eight to 10 years, as simple as going to the gym, showing up, you can really start to shift your perspectives on your corporate career. What, what do I want my life and job to look like in eight to 10 years? How much money do I want to make? Do I want to be a boss? Do I want to be a business owner? And it's, it all comes down to, like we talked about earlier, perspective, you know, shifting the way you look at things you talked about as a dad, you're not working out for biceps in the summer. You're working out to be able to pick up and run with your kid when he's 10 and you're 36, 37 years old. So I want to challenge everyone listening to this to start to look at your, your life, your career, your relationships, your physical body, your mental health, your goals in bigger chunks. Stop looking at, you know, look forward to tomorrow and take it one step at a time but always begin with the end in mind. Mm, good stuff, man. Well, we're up on time. You know how we have to end this. I think a lot of people, and I've heard you say this, are, are kind of asleep at the wheel of their own life. They know what they need to do, but they're not doing it. We need to wake up. So it's time for you and me to wake up and lead. <laughs> there we go. I, I put him on the spot there and he got it. Good, good job, man. <laughs> <laughs>